Brother Mark, would you lead us in prayer for us? Father, we are so glad to be in your house. We thank you for the message today. We also remember today, today, today of Pentecost. Lord, will you, you took a small group and you came with power and might and that day thousands were saved. We just give you thanks and praise, oh Lord. Bless the message tonight. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Number 112, we'll do another one.
Sister Marilyn. Good to be here this evening. Good to have these back with us. Uh, the uh, decoration up at High Mound uh, today, so it's good to have have them back with us and uh, just just I appreciate our service today and I appreciate the Lord meeting with us. And tonight is our uh, regular conference that we have once a month, and it'll not take long because we don't have a whole lot of business to uh, take care of tonight. I want you to be much in prayer uh, for Brother Don. Uh, good Lord willing, he'll be uh, teaching us tonight, and uh, I think in the in the first part of Revelation, is that right? And so uh, you uh, be much in prayer for for Brother Don, and uh, we just want to follow the leadership of the Lord in this uh, service tonight, do whatever he would have us to do, and, and uh, just mind him. And if we'll do that, we can go home saying that it's been good uh, to be at the house of the Lord. Let's continue to remember those that are traveling, and uh, Brother Chris and his family, and Brother Wayne and his family. Uh, let's remember them, continue to remember Brother Bo, and, uh, and he will uh, have a speedy uh, recovery. I think uh, Brother Michael, are you going down there tonight? Is that right? He's going down tonight to check on him, so we'll get him more of a report uh, when, after he goes down there. So let's let's remember this. Remember all them that are sick and afflicted, and and uh, remember our country and this war that's going on over in Ukraine. Let's just pray that uh, uh, God's mighty hand will just uh, come down in that, stop this. Uh, all this massacre that's going on uh, over there. Uh, before we go into uh, conference, does anybody have anything they need to do or say? John happens to be the, the author of Revelations, and he, uh, he was to take down a lot of notes about what he saw there, and he's supposed to report to the seven churches the things that he was, uh, things that he saw, and and he was re, re, getting on to them a little bit about their un, unwillingness, unfaithfulness. And at uh, the same time, he, he was hanging on there. The good people, and Lord, have mercy. I've, I've lost my spot. <laughs> uh, well, it's easy to find. Yeah, I already knew where it's at anyway. Now, uh, I'm, I never I never talk to a lot of people. I usually kick dirt on the umpire and show them glass eye and stuff like that, but I don't do much talking to fun people like this. But <clears throat> but John received a lot from Jesus and he wrote it down and he, and he, and he got, and Jesus got his from God. And and people people everywhere. When when I talked to Kenneth, I asked him what he wanted to have a Bible study on. He said Revelations, and I said you picked the hard one in the book. There's a lot of them who would have been easier, and I'd have been just as scared of the easiest one of all, I guess. But uh, the Revelations is about the future and about the present. It's, it's about all of that. And they, 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 uh, is future hope to all the believers. And if you're on God's side, 
you don't have anything to fear by revelations. I think, I think that during a lifetime, I know I did, I heard all the bad stories about revelations. Revelations was going to, it was the end of time and, and, it, and it come to, come to our, our tradition, our, our time. And, and I just, I thought that was scary for a long time. My dad used to tell me, he say, he didn't, he wasn't scared of his dying. I had to get as old and learn as much as he did, so I understood that. But uh, as I said, John's the author of the book of Revelations, and uh, he's a, one of the twelve disciples. He's the only one that didn't get killed for his faith. John wrote the Gospel of John. He wrote the three letters of 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, and he wrote Revelations. And uh, and, 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 you, and we, I guess we could think of it. I heard Roger, I mean, uh, Mike say this. It seems like it's an odd thing that John wound up on Patmos. But that's not so odd after all. He was put there for a reason. And that reason was to write those letters and to let us all know about it and to, to, to eliminate the, the fears that we have in our minds about revelations. As I said, he, 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 he got all this information and he gave it to John. And in return, he gave it to John and John gave it to us. And Christ uh, full of the NSP and God's plan for the end of the world and the focus of Jesus Christ his second, on his second coming. We think about that and it's, that's, that's a scary thing. It's a, that's putting everything into perspective. When it's all said and done, it's done just according to God's will. You know, what God wanted us to do, and I think I think a lot of people think of the end of, the end of time being uh, when He comes back, and, and but it, but it's not. He he's, he's coming back to take care of us, to get make it make it free for us to understand and live and do the things that we should do, but. Uh, And then it says, it says that John, they said, don't focus too much on the timetable that John puts in there, or we'll miss the, the key point that he wanted us to realize that the whole thing is about love and the power of love, how much love he had for us. And uh, John was, a, he knew a lot about uh, the people that was writing during that time, it was apocalyptic. Guy and he's the only difference in John's writing and his writing. He he mentioned his uh, his own name, not the not the other writer. He mentioned himself. And like, like I said, when we when we stop and th think about revelations, we think about the end of time. It's not gloom and doom. It's really the whole thing is brought to us. As, as, as we are good people and have lived life and, 
And, and, I, and I, told, I said this while ago, in 1984, the good Lord came to me and brought me from that side to, to the other side. And I won't ever, I won't ever forget that. That was the best night of my life. I mean, he woke me up around 11, or nearly 12 o'clock, and Kathy didn't know the thing was going on. He was like a chunk of ice in my bedroom. And then I never thought, I never thought too much about it at the time, but I never figured out how he got a casket in my bedroom. But he put me in that thing. And I think he was really getting my attention. And, uh, it's like there's two things on the back of the casket. They were bidding for what was in it. And then, and then all of a sudden, I was back on my bed again. And I didn't know how to pray. I never had prayed before. But I was, I was, I had, I made a stab at it. I asked God to forgive me for the way I'd been living. And I had been living, you guys wouldn't even have nothing to do with me if you knew how I lived and the things I had done. But when, when, when I accepted, I asked God to get, forgive me and come into my life. That put me over on the right side. And, I, and, I, I, I've, been, and I've been, since then, I've been uh, living, I try to live for God. I hope, right? And, and you were talking a while ago about when he talks to you that it's like a gush of ocean waves. And the last time God spoke to me, it wasn't like that. I enjoyed Michael. You can, you can, you could speak to me, and I wouldn't feel no different. Than I did then. But we were sitting over at Pell City, and there's an old man, and I don't know why I'm sitting in the car. I could, at that time, I could have got out and went inside, but I was sitting out there for a reason, just like John was exiled on Patmos. There's, there's a truck coming in, parked there, and an old man, an old woman. And something told me, he said, go out there and tell them that I love them. And I thought, well, what in the world is this? So I, I, went, I went over there and I spoke to the lady and I said, you probably, probably think that I'm crazy, but I'm not crazy. God told me to tell you that he loved you. She told me, he said, you don't know how I appreciate that, how much I needed that. I need to hear that. And but we're talking about God, and 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 and, and, and he was talking here about in, in, in all in this about his hair being as white as Rogers back here. Wisdom. And he talked about his eyes coming out like 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 fire coming out. He was judging. He's judging all the, all the bad people in the world, all the bad things in the world. And he's talking about it, and, and it also talked about, did, had we ever visualized Jesus like this, with hair white and his, his, uh, two or two-edged sword coming out of his mouth? And he talked about in Sunday school how we saw pictures of, of, of Jesus. And it wasn't like that at all. It's not like that. And I didn't, I didn't realize it, but. He was uh, preparing me, I guess, for, for hopefully I hope for this. <laughs> but anyway, I never did I never did expect to see 
And we need to be able to trust God completely, day after day, every day of our life. And if we got that in our hearts, we'll be okay with whatever revelation brings. And he talked about the news reports. He said, uh, the news reports filled with violence, scandal, and political strife and depression. We may wonder where the world is headed. And, and I, I, I think about all these people that are, are shooting and killing people all the time. What's in their hearts? What makes them want to do that? What makes them want to kill somebody? I mean, it, it, I, I don't, I, I, maybe I just look at it wrong or something. I don't, I don't think so. But uh, it's hard to understand that people would take a gun and go into a school and shoot little kids. I mean, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't bother me near as bad if you shot grown-ups, old drunks off the side of the road or something. But uh, that's the way it is. They have it that way. And, 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 and we, we need to plan for the future. Always be planning for the future. Think about the, the, all these people that are in the, in the church like that. And, and, and when we go out to different places, and y'all go out to different places, and we, we, don't, we don't know when somebody's going to come busting through that door back there and shoot all of us up. But God gets the glory for the good things that happens in this world. And when John said, the time is at hand, do you think the time's at hand right now? I think it is. I think we should, should uh, be ready any time that he comes. Anytime he says anything to us, I think we ought to be ready and, and jump out there and do it. And uh, y'all, please forgive me. I, I I'm having to look at my book because. You just make all the comments you want to. If, if uh, a foolish person like me or a person that don't know much knows the answer to school shootings, um, I figure everybody ought to know. But if you don't put God back in our schools and teach them about Jesus and the love that he had, and the Ten Commandments, just teach them the Ten Commandments, and give them a trail to God, that's the answer. You know, I was, I was sitting in the Sunday school room several years ago, and this girl told us in the, in that, in the class, she said, Madeline O'Hara is trying to take prayer out of school. And I remember what I said. Well, she can't do that. Little did I know. It's as they're getting away from the things of God. Our, our little kids, like you said, I think I know how to, to eliminate a lot of that, but I, I, I'm not in any position to do it. I say, well, it, it um, infringes, infringes on some people's rights. Well, if you live in America, if you want to come to America and enjoy this great country, then you have to teach 
teach your children the Ten Commandments. It's good. I would like to comment on what she said. Go ahead. The secular world calls the problem mental illness because they don't want to call it sin. Because as the scripture says, they do not want to retain God in their knowledge. And that's where we are. True. In verse 3 it says, Blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words. And just what you're saying, when they took God out of schools, I can remember as a child, that was something we had to do over that in school. We had to read the Bible verse. We had to pray. And that, there are kids that made a comment one time. I had worked, been working in Blount School for two or three years, and the people that I had coming into the office didn't go to church. And some didn't know God. Some of, them, some of these kids didn't know who Jesus was. And when I made that comment that there was people that lived in Blount School that didn't know who Jesus was, I was looking at like, what are you talking about? But there, there are people. Yeah, we have TV, we have radio, but that's not the things they listen to or watch. So they don't know who God is. They don't know who Jesus was. There's a lot of entertainment out there that's taking away from You know, you remind me. Knowing of Jesus and knowing Jesus are two very, very different things. It is. You know, when I was a young man, Revelation frightened me. Because when you open that book and you go through it, it's just disaster, judgment, disaster, disease. The third year is walked away by fire. But you're exactly right in that really that book, it was written as a book of hope. It was written at a time when the Roman Empire ruled the world. And the Christians were being persecuted already. It was designed as a message of hope. When you're talking about the children, you kind of bring them out. I had a conversation with uh, my nephew Joshua, the 15-year-old boy I bring in here when he's here with me. And we were talking about Jesus and about his return. And he said, boy, you know, I really want Jesus to return, but, but not right now. I said, well, why? Why is that so? He said, because I wouldn't get to live my life. And when you to, to, in his mind, he had, he had thought that Jesus' return was going to be the end of everything that he knew or thought was the best thing to life. And I told him, you know, you've got that all exactly wrong. It's going to be the greatest triumph of your life. It's going to be the moment, the spectacular moment, when war is wiped away, when evil is wiped away, when all the persecution of all the people that are suffering right now it's going to end. It's going to be a miraculous friend. But we're not, our children aren't learning that. And when, you, when they don't have that hope, you don't have that blessed hope, you don't have that belief in that thing, what do you turn to? You turn to a cheap imitation of something that's going to lead you down completely. There's something in this that I didn't understand. It talked about that Paul wrote to the seven churches and then and said that Jesus stood in the middle of, of that and he said he had seven stars in his hand and I, I didn't I didn't know exactly what the seven stars was 
we looked about it, tried to tried to find it this afternoon, and we found out the seven stars were the angels of the church. And and, and he talked about who, who 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 are the angels of the church? Some people think it's uh, appointed people, appointed angels of the church. Some think it's elders in the in the pastures of the church. But as they said, he, he wrote to the seven churches, and he saw the seven candlesticks, and he saw the one likened to, likened to a man standing in the middle of it. There's nothing scary about that, is there? I think, I think the whole thing is being on the right side with God is, is the key to it. And... Uh, if we're not on the right side of God, we know these people go in and shoot up the schools. They're not on the right side of God. I don't believe they could be. I, and I, I don't know if it's mental illness or what it is causing people to do that way. But it's uh, but what we need to remember. Remember one thing: that in all of this, God is in control. He's in control of, of all he sees, all he sees, and all we see in here. He's in control of that. And it, it talked about people don't 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 get out and tell people enough about what God's done for them because they don't feel like their conversion is good enough. It's, it's not spectacular enough. But I don't know you. I mean. I can only I can only talk for myself, but being in that casket, I, I realized that God was trying to tell me something. He's trying to tell me something. Get up from there and act right and do right. I uh, you, you said something one time about me calling uh, Miss Betty down here, and. Uh, is it, I guess it's, her name is Betty, isn't it? Brenda, Betty? Betty Osborne? No, uh, the Warren lady. What's Bonnie. her Fonny. Fonny, yeah. Fonny, yeah. I, I just, I talk to her every week. And and she, she, she seems to appreciate the fact that anybody would call her and talk to her. Just tell her. And I, and I don't, I don't have any problem telling her that I love her. She won't have any problem telling me she loves you back. She does that. <laughs> and she says with all of her heart. But, you know, and, 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 and I guess we're all in this in the same way. We, uh, talking about Patmos. Patmos is just a small rocky place about 50 miles off the coast of Ephesus. And we talked about it, that Paul was out there and he was just a, just a freak situation. He would be there, but it's not so, so, so bad. And he was there for a reason. You know, and we talked about the churches being under persecution and being in, in, in under different things. And, and I remember as I was teaching, I used to teach school down in Fowler Springs. 
And I told those people, I said, I don't think that we are really and truthfully being tried like this. We don't, we don't, we don't face enough persecution. But I think it's beginning to change. And any of these people, it's it's out there, out there every day, and it gets persecuted. Roger, you talking about the fear, um, the revelation being a, a fear to a lot of people, and, and reading it, and, and 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 it's important we have understanding that we're dealing with past, present, and future and being able to decipher each part of it as to, as to what it applies to, past, present, or future. And, uh, but the biggest fear anybody should have is the fear of dying and spending eternity in hell. That's what, that's what it all comes down to. And, and um, we, we don't like to think about it. We don't like to dwell on it, but um, whether we whether we dwell on it or not doesn't change the fact that it's a real place and according to the Bible it's enlarging itself and you can see why that it is when you look around and you see uh, the world the shape that, that it's in and people dying every day and and, 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 and and hell getting larger so that's you was talking about us being on the other side those that have been saved, uh, we're on the other side of this thing, yeah. and, and, and we're safe. And um, and there's and there's a lot of things in in this that we don't. Not only in the Book of Revelations, but throughout the Word of God, there's 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 mysteries and things that you and I don't understand. But by our faith, we believe that God has all of this under control. We know He does. And, and, and that's what gives us the peace. And we study this to try to get a little better understanding of, of what, he's, what he's trying to get over to us. And I believe that by and by in time, we do gain a, a little more understanding of it. But uh, uh, we never need to underestimate the power of Satan and what, and the limits that he'll go to. We don't understand why, uh, and I, I appreciate what Brother Cantrell said that it's it, it's put off as mental illness. It's put off that somebody can say, "Well, I didn't have a good upbringing," or uh, some even blame it on their school teachers. But the fact is, it's sin. And until we until we uh, diagnose that and, 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 it, and, and say that that's what it is, and that's where the problem is, and that's where the news media. And, and a lot of leaders in our government refuse to go there because then you would be acknowledging God, and they don't want to acknowledge God. So, uh, but, but we know, and uh, uh, Sister Elaine, as ignorant as I am, I'm glad today that I can know what the problem is. Not, and it, and it doesn't take a rocket scientist, but just knowing what the Word of God says and how this world is. Uh, and this is not the first time we we look at, and we're seeing things happen that that we've never seen in our lifetime. I've never seen in my lifetime things that I couldn't imagine. 
But we can reel back to the 1920s before most all of us were born and, and search a little bit of history out during that time of what was going on in America, some of the things that were going on. And then you can go back further, go back all the way into Sodom and Gomorrah and see what was going on over there. And the thing. But God has always brought judgment upon that. And he will, he will bring judgment upon this, this world. That's what that two-edged sword and them flaming eyes are going to get. Well, Don, you mentioned earlier about not knowing what these people had in their mind and they're doing this kind of stuff, that this evil, evil stuff that we see. That used to bother me a lot. And I found some scripture. When you said it, I started looking for it. I wasn't not paying attention, but I was trying to find it. We'll read it. And it, it, it helps me to understand how they can do it it just seemingly not, it not bother them. It says, for they that are, are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. To be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And this right here, because the carnal mind is the enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can it be. So then they that are the flesh cannot please God. Those people that are not of God, the, the one that hadn't accepted him, they're not subject to the same rules that we are. Um, and most of the time they wind up shooting themselves and, and, and ending it all like that. That seems so unfair to me. For it is not subject to, to the law of God and neither indeed can be. So they they can't they can't feel what we feel. They don't feel what we feel. Um, the the enmity of God that is a, the, an enemy. It's a um, disdain for. So you know that that's to me that that helped me understand how the people that well you hear me talk about in Sunday school sometimes the people. Um, walking up and down the aisles of the, the stores and things, just saying foul, foul things that used to have got you probably put in jail, got your ears boxed and nothing else, but they just do it now, you know, as a routine thing. It's you know, and this, this tells us that we need to be telling those people that we come in contact with, and I know you don't, you do a lot. You probably do a lot, but we need to talk to these people some and let them know that what they're about to miss and what they're going to miss if they keep keep going down the same road they're going down right now. That's where the wheat, the, the, the fields are white, the harvest. <laughs> harvest is white and ready for harvest, isn't it? So I, I, I just, I, I just think a lot about this. The sword of Jesus on his tongue. How he handles that, those type of situations in his own way. And we don't know a thing nor about it. We don't know how he, how he does it, but he does. And, and, and he probably inspires some of us to do, th do those kind of things, but not always. I mean, uh, when we see people going down the aisles and things and saying the things that they're saying, we probably need to address that sometime along the way. Uh, we need to remember that 
God's still in control. He's in control of it all. The good and the bad. Instead of talking to us about this, it says that our sins have convicted us and, and put us in a, in a thing. That, but said we don't have to worry. Because Jesus has got the keys to hell and Lord, he, he can get us out of all. Any, any situation, he can help us out of it. But I don't think we need to sit around and wait for that to happen. I think we need to get on our ponies and do something. What do you say, T? Talk to me. I'm running out of anything to say. And I ain't saying I haven't had said nothing to me anything anyway. It says the fields are wide in the harvest, but the laborers are few. few. And uh, I believe the laborers that he is, that he is talking about is us uh, Christians today to, uh, to be able to witness. And one of the easiest places in the world to witness for God is right here at the house of God. I'll, I believe we'll all agree with that, where the Spirit of the Lord is and we can feel. And uh, But if we'll use every opportunity that God gives us at our jobs or at school or wherever that we might be, use those opportunities to be a, to be a witness, to be a light to those uh, that are lost and undone. How many people have been drawn to Christ by people at work or, or, or at any place that they've, that they've uh, uh, come in contact with somebody that was concerned about their soul. I will never forget this little black man's about this tall. He's a real small guy. And I remember one time I said to him, uh, when you feel like it, I'd like for you to pray for me. He just took his hat off and he said, I feel like it right now. And, he, and then we had prayer right there on the back of the truck. And, uh, and, and I, I, I wish that could be more like that. Be willing to do the things that I need to do every day. And I remember people would come to me at, at work and they'd ask me, said, what, what have you got going on? I said, I know you got something going on. And uh, this guy told me one time, said, I'm smiling all the time. People wonder what I'm smiling about. And we was over in Asheville, around Asheville somewhere, right? and me and Kathy was one day, and this lady said, come up to me and said, what are you smiling about? I said, I have just got so much to smile about. God has done so much for me. And I, I, I just wish that, that I could live closer to God every day. And, 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 I, and I know what you said, you, you taught us about, said, have, have an eye-open experience. When I'd been in that casket, it was an eye-open experience for me. And uh, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just thankful that he came to me and got me out of the world. And I was living with just what I thought was fun, but it wasn't fun. I thought it was, but it wasn't. And he, he, he cut me out of that. And it's just like somebody turned the page in the book. I shouldn't have been where I was at after, after he got me. I should have been, but, yeah, but I was. I'm thankful I was. Put me on the right side of God. You know, you're talking about that. I'm reminded sometimes at my work. One thing that I think about being saved is we become ambassadors for God and for his kingdom. We really do. Everywhere we go, 
This black guy that I used to, he's a black preacher. And he was talking to me. He said, 
we need to go out in the world and, and just face the people with the situation around. He said, if, 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 if God wants to talk to me and say, go out to North Birmingham and just, just, just meet them and meet them and greet them, he said, I'd be gone. And I said, well, I don't know where I want or not. And, that, and that's where I, I don't, I, I wish my faith was stronger than that. I don't know where I could go out in North Birmingham where all them black guys are at. And, but if I, if I believe God's sending me out there, I, I would be okay. And, 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 and if, it, if it wasn't okay, it's okay. It's like my dad said, I'm not afraid of dying anymore. It'll be good for us all. And we need to, and, and Roger, I'm not saying this to talk to you about the people that walk up and down your aisles, but I think occasionally we need to, we need to stop some people. I will never forget, I was in Louisiana, and this guy, he was just cussing like a sailor. We went down there fishing. And I asked him, I said, what has God done to you? And he said, what do you mean? And I said, well, what, what has God done to you make you talk about him the way you do? And he said, I don't know, but I won't never do it again. I'll stop it. <laughs> and, but it, I, I, I just, every, every other breath, he was cussing God. But then after I said something to him, then he, he just quit that. Steve, do what I need to do. Send me home. Go <laughs> I don't have anything else. I, we appreciate you teaching today. I wish that I... I want to make one comment. You mentioned earlier at the beginning, you know, this book was, could make you afraid, could scare you if you were not a Christian. I've got a note in my Bible. I don't know how many years ago I wrote it. Let me read it to you. And it's, uh, I'll just read it verbatim. It's very interesting to note last two chapters of the last book of the Bible ends where it all started back in the first two chapters of the first book of the Bible. Back in the same place that Adam was doing the same things he was doing before he sinned walking with God beside the river of water of life and eating the fruits of the tree of life again. That's the good news of the book of Revelation. And that's what I mean. It's, it's not all gloom and doom. It's, it's, it depends on what side we're on. And uh, Lord, remember that God is still in control. Every day He's in control. And I'm sorry, but that's all I've got. And I don't blame you if you take a broomstick and borrow borrow my walking stick. Whatever you need to do. We win. At the end of the book, you figure it out. We win. Well, that's that's I know I know that's 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 the thing that people always I've always heard heard it said. I've read the end of the book, and we win. But standing at the front of the book and and not being right in the Lord, you could look at it wrong. Appreciate it. Amen.
Well, I'm kind of like what Brother Chris uh, said when we were studying in this that uh, he, he talked about a pan millennial. He said that a uh, man told him he was a pan millennial. He said, What is that? He said, Believe everything's going to pan out. And, uh, uh, and, 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 and that's the way that I look at that. There's, it, there's, I want to have a better understanding of his word, especially in Revelation. But what I don't understand in it, and the things that don't make sense to me, I'm glad that by faith I know, uh, just like you said, when it all comes back around, uh, we're walking with God at, 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 at peace. And it's amazing what Jesus did in the 30 some odd years that he walked on this earth in the form of man. And uh, uh, Brother Mark, uh, mentioned he gave us a, he, he gave us an outline uh, a template to to live by and what to do and 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 how that he took that short time that that he lived on this earth and and everything that he did was showing love forgiveness compassion in all that he all that he did even when he was a young man and he was over there with all of those uh, the, the, those priests and all those educated scribes and educated people and uh, he was sitting there and he amazed them at what he knew at a, at a, at a young age what, but the reason that he amazed them because he was God in the flesh and he knew all these things and, and then uh, don't ever think for one minute that as Jesus was going from place to place and he never did get very far from where he where he was born. That's that's the amazing thing about that. He didn't travel the world. Uh, but everywhere that he went, uh, and you might say, well, it was just a coincidence that he run into this man over here that was blind or this one that was deaf or uh, a barren woman or whatever that it might be, but that was all in God's plan as he as he went down life's road and encountered these things. And a lot of times we want to try to plan out what we want to do, what we need to do as God's people and make this big plan. But if we'll take every day as we walk down life's road and whatever the Lord puts in front of us for us to be a help to, a witness to, to take that. I've tried to learn to take what God gives instead of trying to do for myself or trying to do this or that, but do like Jesus did. He walked down the road and sometimes it aggravated his disciples when he would stop and spend time uh, with somebody that, and, and, and the disciples knew that he needed to be at this place at a certain time and, and uh, uh, when the little children came up and that, that bothered the disciples because they felt, felt like the little children were interfering with his work. Uh, but he told them, he said, don't forbid these to come to me. Amen. Such is the kingdom of heaven. So um, I need to learn more just to take every day, take what God puts out there to do, and try to do my best to pay. I'm with Mark when he was, you know, first started out uncomfortable things sometimes to do but there was a song which I'm I'm going to get Michaela to sing hopefully in the next couple I guess we'll be going next weekend but the next maybe but it's go tell the world about me 
And that song hit me like a ton of bricks. And I try, you know, you know, in the doctor's office, and I'll, I'll try to just kind of say a little bit of something. I'll get they're kind of down because we just told them that they've got blockage in their heart or something. Not, you know, God's got this. You know, I just kind of give a little, almost like a sprinkle, <laughs> you know, of something to give them hope and let them know that you know he's got this. You know, and that sort of thing. But I really feel like right now is the time, like he's saying, it's. We have got to go tell everybody that we can because it is coming time. And I'm hearing that more and more. I don't know if it's my age or what, but I do feel like something is happening and God's telling us to get out there, whether we like it or not. And I was actually, we were working out in the yard yesterday, and I was like, you know, I said, because McKenna told me that we're not very fun parents. Um, because on the weekends, we're trying to catch up and doing our chores and working in the yard, you know, and that sort of thing. I'm like, are we really enjoying our lives or are we, we've got that list of things we have to do. Is it really that important that I've got a ton of clothes I need to wash right now or should I go out there and spend time with my kids? Or go out there and share the word with my kids or with the neighbors? Like what's more important, making sure that my house is organized, or and it just makes you sit and think, like what really are priorities? And I preach on her every day because she struggles with getting her priorities right. Do I have my priorities right? You know, because we are, we are, we gotta do, gotta do, gotta do, gotta do. We're so busy. But the most important thing is that we can get as many people as we can to know about God and to accept Him. So I feel like we're at that that time, you know, we're at that stage. It's like I hear it all the time it's in songs, and when y'all are talking, it's just it's just hitting me like a ton of bricks. It's too good for just me. You know, the world's looking for hope. We know the offer. Mm -hmm. That's right. That's what we got. We we know where it's found. We know where peace is found. We know where hope is found. We know where healing is found. Physical and mental. Spiritual. I, I wish that one thing. That you give me a chance to study this again. I, I believe I can tell you better than I did tonight. You did a good job. Good job. Well, you did a good job. You did a fine job. You brought up points that I, I, I had not seen before. And you let all of us add to it. You know, I think God puts us where he wants us to be. We encounter situations that we wonder, why are we here? Why did this happen? But back in 2005, I guess, I was running my mill out, and I was going up a hill, and I noticed something red off of this hill. And I went on and served the boxes on that side of the road, and I come back down, and I stopped. And it was a red truck that had gone off that hill, and it was a little boy and girl that was where they shouldn't have been, they shouldn't have been in school. And the little boy was hurt pretty bad. And the girl climbed out of the car, out of the truck, and 
under the mountain and I asked her if she's okay. And she said, yeah, but my boyfriend's hurt real bad. And uh, I said, you know what just happened? God's taking care of you. And she looked at me and it was like, she just slapped me in the face. She says, I don't believe in God. And it took me a few minutes to compose myself so I could say anything to her. And I told her, I said, you better believe in God because what happened to you just now could have been a catastrophe, but God let you live. And you've got a boyfriend down there and you need to pray for it. And she just stood there and looked at me and started crying. And I thought, why, did, why was I here at this time? But she needed to hear that. Sure. So I think we don't just, just, we need to go out and tell people, but we need to take the opportunity when it happens to say something to people. No coincidences or happenstance in God's plan. Mm -hmm. It's plan. Steve, you can you can close this out any way you want to. Huh? I can have your way. You ain't in my way. I enjoy it. Amen. Does anybody have anything else? You say or do. Appreciate Brother Dyle uh, doing this tonight, and he felt he felt led to. We appreciate that. Uh, pray as we continue uh, study to study in this. We have we have. Um, listen, we don't have church next Sunday night, and then the next Sunday we we'll be moving our service to the associational building for the associational revival over there. So, uh, but you pray for the next time that we meet, and have study in this, and uh, let's pray for our service uh, this coming Sunday. Uh, coming up. Let's pray and pray for those that are traveling that they will get back safely and uh, pray for Brother Bowen. We'll have a better report on him after tonight. Brother Michael's going to go down and check on him. Anybody else? You also remember Bible school this week um, at Harmony uh, where I'm actually, the reason I'm dressed this way is because I'm going to go decorate as soon as I get done here. So, sorry. But uh, we're, we're really excited. Um, we counted, we were counting up a couple weekends ago and just the people that we know are coming there's going to be at least 10 to 15 kids in almost every class Good. and that's just the people that we know are coming that's not even you know people in the community or you know friends or whatever but we're just we're excited and y'all just pray for us that we would you know touch somebody and be be what we need to be amen I mean, that'll run all week long. All week. Um, Monday starts tomorrow night at 6.30 and goes all the way. Um, Friday night is commencement, so we won't have a class class Friday night, but it will be commencement. But um, if anybody wants to come, y'all come on. We, there will be an adult Bible study, too. Um, Brother Eric Stone is their pastor, and he's going to be doing the, Bible, the adult Bible study um, every night uh, that week. So Kids to adults, anybody wants to come, y'all come on. <laughs> Amen. Remember our Bible school coming up. That'll be the 16th, I believe, of July on a Saturday. And so let's, let's remember that uh, too. Now, revival coming up at the end of this month. Uh, and, and please pray for Brother uh, Dustin Smith. Uh, Seemed like it was just yesterday that we was up there visiting him, asking him about being our helper, and all of a sudden, <coughs> we're just a few weeks away from 
from our revival. So let's uh, be much in prayer about this. Try to invite somebody to come. Want to encourage the folks that don't have to work or that are that are that are home during the day. Try to come to our day services if you can. We'll be having we'll be having uh, morning service and evening service. Monday through Wednesday, and then we'll have service on that Sunday night. Uh, so uh, please try to come and invite folks to come. And knowing uh, uh, Brother Dustin, the way that I do, he'll he'll be prepared for this, and 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 and, uh, and you will really get a blessing uh, from his teaching and his preaching. He's deep in the Word of God, and uh, he explains it in a way that. Uh, even somebody like me can understand it. So uh, let's, let's be much in prayer uh, for their revival. Anybody else? Will you just keep me and Michaela and, and Mitchell for, for tomorrow? We're going to be traveling a lot this week, and it's just moving me and her. And that's scary itself. <laughs> so just pray for our safety and stuff in Tuscaloosa and Auburn. So. Okay. Let's remember this. Brother Steve, I'd like to add something to what Sister Kathy said, and, and we all know this. But it don't matter if these people believe in God or not. He's still real. That's right. Matters to their soul, but whether they believe <laughs> it, it or not, it doesn't change the fact that you We did. have a body, a mind, and a soul. And God took care of the soul for eternity, but he didn't take care of the others. Now it's good to have fun. I think he... I think he likes for us to enjoy our lives. And I think he don't want us to all quit school and not find out what we need to know. But he expects us to, to make plans for the soul and we need to help people make arrangements for that. Amen. Amen. Anybody else? If not, if you'll stand to your feet. We'll ask Brother Kenneth if he will to dismiss us in prayer. Heavenly Father, just thank you for this uh, information we've received tonight on the book of Revelation. The Bible is made to be understood. Let us not be scared of the truth. Thank you for the outcome. Give us safety as we head out and embolden us to go out to make a difference in somebody else's world. And uh, thank you for all the input we had tonight and what we've learned through Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Amen.